Welcome back. Hi. This is Trisha. And I'm Evangelist Lorianne, and we are just kicking, kicking it with Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Uh, anyway. That's so funny. I feel like I just saw you. Yeah, last week. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels so, so like, right? like it was yesterday. So how was your weekend? It was really good. It was. Um, it was really good. Jesus had a funny sense of humor with me this past weekend. So Sunday morning, I wake up at 4 a.m. Like I always do. Okay, what do you want me to preach? And the heavens are quiet. And I'm like, uh, hello? You know we're on in a right? couple hours. Right? <laughs> and so, you know, I didn't sweat it. I didn't, I go to my service under my pastor and just listen. And, uh, waiting. I'm in my office at church for an hour and a half, praying, waiting. And I just hear him say, be the you that I made you. Mm. And I'm like, okay. And I just kept hearing that over and over again. Be the you that I made you. And so, right before, it's like quarter of two, I have 15 minutes and I hear him say, I want you to worship me like you were at home in your room or at work. Okay. Okay. I open up the door and I go out into the sanctuary and I see this woman and this woman has like a, sometimes things can really just kind of get her on edge, you know, mm -hmm. and worship is one, like loud music is one. And I, I so turn around, no, seriously, I turn around, like as if to go back into my office and I go, really look, really look, you want me to worship like I do at home or at work, at the daycare, <laughs> and this, wo this woman's here, okay. You got a sense of humor, so I said to my man, can you give her the headphones to, like, you know, earplugs? So he goes over with the earplugs. And she, oh, I don't need those. I was like, okay. And so when service was over, she came over to me and she was crying and she said, I had, ans I had questions for Jesus. And tonight you answered all my questions well, no, through your preaching. Right. And I was like, okay, Jesus. And you didn't even know what you were preaching about? I gave them the testimony. I started off with the testimony of last week. But then I said, going through the valley of Baca, going through the valley of weeping, your weeping produces strength upon strength. So your weeping and your your tears, your valley of Baca is actually, your pain and your tears are forging a deeper strength and a deeper oneness with the Lord Jesus Christ. You just don't realize it because you're in such pain. Right. But he's forming something. And he just said to me, Everyone, including my apostles, including me, have gone through the Valley of Baca, gone through the Valley of Weeping. 
And I said that in my sermon. If you don't believe me, look at the Garden of Gethsemane mm -hmm. and tell me. Right. And so, you know, and out of that, out of the Garden of Gethsemane, out of his pain and tears, came the greatest thing in history for all mankind. Right except Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior inside, and you have eternal life. Right. Which propels me to this beautiful thing that you sent me this morning. And I have to say, I've never agreed with... I don't even know who that guy was. John Bevere. Yo, he's been... I don't know been, who he is, but... He's a pioneer. He is powerful. Him and his wife, Lisa. But the whole saying the sinner's prayer, mm. yo. That was deep. It really was. I, 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 we're going to throw it up on the Kicking It With Jesus podcast. Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Because that, I believe with all of my heart, a thousand percent, a thousand million percent. Just what he was saying about the bridegroom and just like imagine if the bride was said to the groom, like, <laughs> person in my past, I'm just gonna have like three two nights, nights with them. Two yeah. nights a year with them. Yeah. And this one, three nights a year. Yep. Like, no. <laughs> like, right. that's not how it works. It's just so deep. Yeah, well, I'll definitely repost that TikTok onto the Facebook page because it's so powerful. It's so I really, good. And I'm not, you know, Nothing really, I mean, it moves me, but not to the point where I'd stamp my my name on it and be like, yup, but that right there, yup. Because it's so true. It really it's is. It's so true. And I feel like Jesus does say that to us. Yup. Like, we, he doesn't want to share us with so-and-so for two nights out of the year. Right. Even one night out of the year. I think, though, you know... If you give people a, how do you want to say it? Like a, like a guideline almost. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, okay. So what do you mean? Like, how do I even get to Jesus? Oh, just open your heart, man. You know you're a sinner. Talk about it. Right. Ask him in. Right. You know, and I just really feel because again, I know I talked about her a little bit last week, but the girl that works with dad yeah she didn't say no sinner's prayer she didn't say she just has this something transpired between her and jesus right nobody else was there it was her and jesus and she has this longing this right. deep deep longing and i understand it to get in the word and yeah. just pull it apart and that's what she's doing She's not going to church. She's not, no, none of that, Trish. And I think that that's so wonderful. It's so real. That's right there is proof <laughs> that Jesus Christ is alive and living. Come on. You, she didn't hear it in a church. She didn't get led by a prayer from a pastor or a priest or whatever. She found Jesus, and Jesus was real. Jesus did something to her heart and completely transformed her. Come on. And 
nobody is just going to want to be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to start reading the Bible and throw digging apart. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that right there is just proof that Jesus Christ is real and alive and a living. Yep. You know? Absolutely. And I think it's just a, a beautiful thing to, to witness. Especially when you have no part in it. Right. You know, I have yet to really even sit and, and talk to her about, so what happened though? Right, right. You know, which I may just this week. Let her know, hey, we have a podcast. <laughs> you know, that, but that's, you laugh. We love to take testimonies seriously. on our podcast. And I think that that's just an awesome. But I think she really, right now, her one desire. Absolutely. Is to eat this. And she should. She's hungry and she's thirsty. And Jesus is just feeding her. And she bought an NIV because she was reading the King James and she's like, what in the world are yeah, you talking it's about? it's hard. Because she's, she, I mean, even her, she's young, like right. you, in her 30s. And she just, so she's like, what in the world are they talking about? <laughs> so when she... When somebody said to her, you know, the NIV, she just is dissecting it. And I think it's beautiful, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So again, you know, you sent me that TikTok, but then... I was texting you this morning. Whew. Six o'clock in the morning. And then I'm like, <laughs> all right, well, let's just talk. And so I videoed you. So like, I, you know... I, I don't know. I read through my whole Bible, and then you're like, ah, just read through Matthew. That's what you said to me. Exactly <laughs> how you said it to me. I don't know. I have to read through Matthew. So I got my apologetics Bible, and I started reading through it. And, in, like, I read this story. We've talked about this specific story. Come on. You know what I mean? Just last week. Yeah, but even before that, we talked about it. We we've yes. talked about this story. And... I'm just reading 15, minding my own business, right? Matthew 15. So in Matthew 15, it says, Matthew 15, verse 21, when Jesus left there, he withdrew to the area of, I don't know. Tyrene Sidon. There you go. Just then, a Canaanite woman from the region came and kept crying out, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly tormented by a demon. Yet... He did not say a word to her, so his disciples approached him and urged him, send her away because she cries out after us. He replied, I was sent out to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but she came, knelt before him, and said, Lord, help me. He answered, it isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus replied to her, woman, your faith is great. Let it be done for you as you want. And from that moment, her daughter was cured. Now, I've read this multiple times. Tell me why. Come on. <laughs> the part that sticks out to me is, Woman, your faith is great. Let it be done for you as you want. And from that moment, her daughter was cured. Let it be done for you as you want. Jesus didn't say, 
Bring your daughter here so I can lay hands on her and on. cast this demon Come out. Come on. I'm just going to, I just decided that I'm going to help this Canaanite woman. I'm not here for her, but I decided that I'm going to help her. And because I decided, because I'm all powerful, that demon had to leave that girl. That demon was probably. Without being in his presence. Right. How, Shh. like, how amazing. Like, that Shh. is the God that is on our side that goes before us hello like my i couldn't even get i couldn't even get to verse 29 because i'm like wait (laughs) jesus just said she is cured this is what i wrote jesus just said she is cured didn't command anything demons have to listen even if he's not saying come out even if he's not standing there saying, come out of her, like he, in so many other verses of the Bible where the, that he's commanded demons to come out, he's, you know what I mean? Let me say this too. I mean, this just dropped in my spirit, but it was all about her faith. Yes. She believed, like for real, for real, like there, there was something in her because we can say that we believe, right. but if push comes to shove, do we really? Do we really? Right. Do we really? With a really big problem of our life, do we really believe that Jesus got us? <laughs> like, how do you even know? Because let's face it, nobody, if you read the Old Testament, there wasn't many people that were demon possessed. They didn't talk about it. Right. So now flip to the New Testament. Now all of a sudden some people are talking about it. How do you even know that she's demon possessed? What is she doing? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And now all of a sudden, and and apparently the girl wasn't with her mama. It doesn't say it. Exactly. It doesn't say that she brought, like, even like the guy that talks about his kid, he brought his son. My son gets thrown in the fire, like the demon, he had his son. It says it in the Bible that he he brought his son to Jesus. This girl just was like, yup. Right. And which is crazy because if you just think back in time, Mm. when Jesus walked this earth, the Canaanites, they weren't part of the Israelites. They were Gentiles. They were, they didn't like each other. Right. So for this woman to go to an Israelite, Jesus and have that much faith but i think this is what we talked about the last time we talked about this story but i'm just really stuck on the fact that jesus all he had to do was within himself just say the word just know that i want to i want to heal that child or that girl the teenager who whatever and that demon the spirit knew in the spirit realm, because this is what I can imagine, that the spirit realm, like the demons, mm. are just watching Jesus, watching what he's doing. They can see it. They don't know what he's going to do next. But in his spirit, they knew. As soon as his spirit decided, they were like, that's it. we got to get up out of here. Right. That's wild to me. That's how powerful Jesus is. That's what goes before us. And our rear God. Right. So why, why am I afraid? Ever. Why am I ever afraid or worried or anxious? 
Because if I have a God that can be that, that is that powerful, what am I worried about? He didn't even have to see the girl. He didn't have to lay hands on her. He didn't, like, if you think about, I don't know if this is real because you just see it on TV or like YouTube and stuff, but people that are laying hands on people and casting out demons, they're laying hands on them. Even when the disciples, they went and laid hands on people mm -hmm. and cast out, Jesus didn't have to do that. You know what I mean? Right. It's deep. He is the creator. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, I really feel like, and I don't know why. So, okay. Yeah, you, you read it today. I read it last week. And for me, it was totally different. Because I read that in the midst of being in such turmoil and such pain, trying to figure out my place. Mm. And Jesus showed me that women were never intended to be less than. Man has done that. You don't think that you have, but when you lord yourself over, and even the church, that's what they do. And again, they think, okay, you, you're good with the children, you're good with other women, that's all you're, you're good. Right. But... I, I struggled with that for the longest of times. But like you were saying earlier this morning when we were when we were talking about this <laughs> is what happened in the garden. So that was that So Jesus after showing me this a couple days later, because you know I, I read the Bible every morning. Mm. He leads me into the book of Revelations. Just a couple days later after that, right? Yo, the 12th chapter. Verse 17. So the dragon, meaning Satan, right. was enraged with the woman. And he went off to wage war on the rest of her children. Those who keep and obey the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus holding firmly to it and bearing witness to him. So let's talk about that for a second. Why not the women of the world? Mm. Why, why hers? Why the saved women? Oh, that's right. Because he knows who we can be right. when we rise up. Right. When God finally just showed me and he just broke the chains of, I've never intended you to feel or be less than right. what I've created you to be. I made you to lead. Now lead. And so when I finally was like, okay, now nobody can tell me nothing about nothing. I know who I am. And I know God did this, not me. Right. Now, he said, 
Be the you I made you. Now, this faith that this Syrophoenician woman, this Gentile woman, with her, her daughter being a demon, mm -hmm. this faith I want to have. Yeah. Because, let's face it, she got what she asked for because of, and it clearly says it, right. because of her faith. Right. I cannot say that I have faith like that in a way where, and I, I'm just being honest with you, all right, so I have sickness in my body, and I'm really sick and tired of dealing with this demon, because yeah. sickness is not of God, I'm sorry, it's a demon. Right. Well, there's no sickness in heaven. And so I'm really sick and tired of my body not, not allowing me to do what I want to do right. when I want to do it. And so I sat down at the Bible table last Friday and I just felt this overwhelming thing inside my heart that go through the scriptures and all the scriptures on healing. And what Jesus says about it. And so I did, Trisha. And there was like 45 of them that I wrote down and I pasted them on my wall in my bedroom. And I started to speak them out loud. And the only one that really hit me every time I said it. I am the God that heals you. And Trisha, like I said to Jesus, I need my faith to believe that you're going to heal my body. Right. And that's it. And then I'll move on to the next thing. But for right now, that's my thing. That's my thing. If, if this Seraphonician, this Gentile woman, that only heard... And maybe saw Jesus do things in people. Maybe. Maybe. Right. Has faith. Him living in me. I need to have that too. Absolutely. I'm the same way. I mean, I think if we're all being honest, most, if not all, Christians have that. Unless you're not being honest. Because who can say that they have that kind of faith? Really deep down. Like for me, it's like... That's a gift though. There are some people that have the gift of faith. That's a gift. Like some people have the gift of discernment. Some people have knowledge. Some people have wisdom. Some people have faith. And I suppose maybe... I should have prayed for that, you know, early on in my walk with God, but that wasn't one of my things. Mm. It's a thing now, though, because the Word of God says it's impossible to please God without faith. Right. And so I, I know that I have saving faith. I know that I'm saved. Right. I know that when I die here... You have faith. On the surface. But the mountain moving. Right. That. Telling the mountain to that be cast into. faith is small as a mustard seed. Faith. Because that faith. That faith where 
Is he really going to be saved for a whole year? Is he really going to stay in the church? What about next year? What about after the 52 weeks? Well, I'll wait and see. That faith. I shouldn't even have that thought. Because I need that kind of faith too. I need that kind of faith that I know that my prayers that I prayed saying if you're going to bring him back, do not bring him back unless you bring him back. And, and it's, it's on and popping. That. So why am I not believing what I prayed for God is answering? Because the, the church thing had nothing to do with me. Nothing. I never asked. So what you're saying is that's what you prayed for your man. Yep. And God did it. Yes. And so now you're like, wait. Wait. You're having doubt now. Right. Because he's doing the 52-week challenge. Huh. Which is my pastors always say, if this is your first time coming to church and you want to dedicate your life to God, I challenge you to come 52 weeks. Come 52 weeks and see what God does for you. It's the 52-week challenge. It's one year of coming to church. Wow. And he says it all the time. I can't miss church. I'm doing the 52-week challenge. So in my mind, I'm just waiting. Why don't I have the faith to know that when I prayed a prayer, that if you're going to bring him back, you're going to bring him to church. You don't bring him to church for him to not come to, for him to not to, for him to stop. When you bring him back, you bring him back. That's exactly was my prayer for three years. I don't want anything to do with it. I want him to have a relationship with come you, on. and I want you to bring him back. I'm not asking him. I'm not asking him to come to church because then I'm going to know it's on me. It can't be me. It has to be you. Come on. So why am I doubting? Why don't I have that faith? Why is that faith so hard? I think, for me at least, maybe I don't. Maybe I need to pray for that faith too. But I have that same feeling. I have that same. I have that faith on the surface. I know Jesus Christ lived, died, was raised up to heaven. I have that faith. I believe that everything in this Bible is true. But for myself, when it goes to a deeper level, why don't I have that faith? I think, Trisha, and it's just my opinion, but I think right now, in our, and I, I know that I keep saying it, but I know what I'm talking about. In the hour in which we are in, yo, TikTok, mm. we don't have much time. We don't. Somebody said that starting in September, there's going to start to be a shaking. I believe that with all of my heart. What I heard inside and what I believe to be true, a thousand percent, 2030, something catastrophic, catastrophic is going to happen. What? I don't know. The Lord didn't say, but catastrophic. And I know that right now in this hour, the Lord Jesus Christ is breathing upon the backsliders, breathing upon the Gen Zs. They're, listen, and I just, I, I just said this in service. I preached it Sunday. 
the Gen Z generation. Their adoration, their love, mm -hmm. and their commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ is like any other, no other generation in times past. Not even the hippie generation. And that took the, the, the United States by storm, mm. if you read about right. it. By storm. That, the hippie generation, that movement went from state to state to state throughout the United States. But this generation right now, Trisha, God's breathing on them including the alphas, like your babies, including the alphas, like they're, and I think he's just, the Lord knows. And inside of my heart, it's scary, but exciting at the same time. Mm. I can't explain no, to I you. totally understand. But I'm afraid for, for the loved ones that I have, but at the same time, He's called me, he's called you to be salt and to be light. Right. We don't have time no. to be ridiculous. We don't have time to brush it off. It is time to rise. And I, I have to say, though, too, because, you know, you're like the family members. But I was just listening to um, somebody talk about where in the Bible it talks about when you go to heaven and Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. I never knew you. And they say, well, what do you mean? I, I cast out demons in your name. I prophesied in your name. And he's depart from me. I never knew you. And how Jesus is talking to the Christians. Mm -hmm. And what did I write? I... Uh, I felt God in that when I was listening to that so heavily there because there is a difference in someone who says I accept Jesus into my heart, right? And someone who says Jesus come into my heart and be Lord of my life. There's a difference between the two. There to know Jesus is to have him be Lord of your life, not just repeat words spoken from a Sunday service. So like when he speaks do you listen? When he corrects, do you listen? When you have an issue, where do you go to? These are the things that I felt him saying. And I just feel like there's so many people, even people that I know, that will say, I know Jesus. I pray to him. We just talked about this last week. I pray to him all the time. I pray to Jesus. Oh, I try to read the Bible, but I do believe in God. I try to read the Bible, but I do believe in God. Well, where's the change? Because there's a difference between knowing Jesus and having him Lord of your life. Does, do you even understand what that means? Having him Lord of your life. See, my belief, and there's a lot of people like that. I believe that they're going to heaven. But I don't think that you, I don't think that they realize that the moment that you see your Savior and his scars is still there. Mm. When you see him and your eyes lock with his, 
this overwhelming love in which you've never, never, never experienced this side. Right. As people are putting re crowns at his feet because they don't even feel worthy to have these that God has given you. What are you going to give him? He doesn't need it. You're going to want to give it. Right. What are you going to give him? Because what did your earthly life consist of? What was pleasing for you? This walk is picking up a cross almost every day. Mm -hmm. There are days... And I say this often, 2019, there wasn't a day that went by for all those months that I did not cry. You know why? Because I was under the Lordship. I had submitted under the Lordship of Jesus. And when you submit, it's everything, man. Because I love him. You love him. Mm. And the longer you're saved and the more you learn and the more he shows you and the touch he touches you with, the more you fall in love. And what do you give? It's hard sometimes to not try and do something that he doesn't want you to do. It doesn't work like it used to. The word where it says obedience to me is more than what you do mm. for me. Right. I want you to obey me because you love me. Right. And a lot of people will use that. But I pray. I believe in Jesus. And that's great. And I believe that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I do. But your life is still your own. Right. Your life is still yours. It's, it, it doesn't belong to your Savior. And he longs to heal you. Mm. And people just, you know... I have family members, don't touch that part of me right. because I don't want to feel that. I don't want to go through that. I don't want to have memories of that. I just, I'd rather just bury it. <laughs> and, you know, my family member, I'll just drink it away. I'll just drink it away. Like, I just, I'd rather not. When all the while... The healing balm of Gilead wants to come and just take it from you and give you him. And they just run the other way. You just don't take it seriously, I don't think. I don't know I don't if think it's they seriously. Understand. I think it's they don't understand, but then I think when you go into church. Well, you go into this place 
because Jesus is light, that light shines in the darkness. And when you start to shine a light in cracks and crevices that you'd rather not. Absolutely. Why would I why would I keep going why would I keep going to church? I don't want to do that. I don't want you to shine lights on places that I'm still trying to bury. Right. I'm trying to bury them as as deep as I can. I was just saying this to my husband, like though What is that going to do? You're going to go, what, 80, 90, maybe 100 years? Maybe that's how old you'll be? Let me just say no. Our life is only supposed to be 70. Anything beyond 70 years old, you're living on borrowed time. That's biblical. Okay, so then 70. So you're going to go, say, 70 or 80 years of just burying and burying and burying. And then what? Then what? You know, I, I listened to this this guy say this, and I was just like, imagine, like, you close your eyes, and you, and he was ta- a guy talking to guys. He's like, all right, now close your eyes and imagine that you are on your deathbed. Death's at your door. It's knocking. It's here. You're done. Your life, you lived your life. 80 years, you lived your life. No more seeing your kids, no more dancing with your wife in the kitchen, no more talking to your wife, no more fights with your wife, nothing. No more seeing your kids, your grandkids, nothing. You're at death's door. Angel comes down and says, do you want to do it all over again? And then you open your eyes and you're standing in the exact spot of that time, doing it all over again. Just thinking about your death's door. What is what is more important? The shoving down? The, like, I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand why you don't want to confront the things that hold you back. Why is it so hard? Trust me, I understand it's hard. Trust me. Because I'm doing it. But just imagine that you're at death's door. Was it all worth it? Was it all worth it? I think for a lot of people, and I know it's such a cliche statement, and I. Honestly, sometimes I can't stand the statement. But you can't do what you don't know. Right. And unless I just feel like it's a cop out. For a lot of people probably. I just feel I like I think it's a there's cop-out. a lot of people that know what they're supposed to be doing and just won't. Just won't. Because they're afraid to. Or it's like, oh, well, that's in the past, so I don't have to think about that anymore. But you, but are you not seeing how it's affecting whatever happened to you in the past is affecting who you are today? Because they don't, they don't come to terms with it. They don't let the light, and it's, I don't know, listen, my family has come to church with me. Minus maybe two people. Three. <clears throat> 
but my family members have come to church with me. I've talked to all of them. You don't have a choice. I'm, I'm going to make the light shine on you. Because I know, and I've told you this before, you were the very first witness out of everybody in my life, you were the very first witness when I said, Jesus said, if I don't do it this time, I'm going to hell. And I was all excited about that. <laughs> Somehow I knew at that moment that he sealed me. He put like this stamp on my head and it says, you're mine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what happened this time around versus the others because it was three times before and I just backslid. Right. But this time right here, and I think that those three times before, and I, I believe this with all of my heart, had I died, I would have went to heaven but I wouldn't have had anything to give to him because I lived for me mm. and what pleased me, what I needed. Everything was about I. You can say that you, it's for your husband, it's for your children, it's <clears throat> again, When you stand before the one that can see right through you, mm. what are you going to say? No, it wasn't for your kids. No, it wasn't for your husband. It was for you. You chose not to for you, not for them. And it just, Trisha, I mean, the whole wanting faith like this Syrophoenician woman. For real, for real. And I also want to do the whole... Look, I want to be able to roll and go, demon, shut up right. in Jesus' name. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. stop making a scene because that's what they do. Mm. If you look in the Word, just... These jokers, every time Jesus came on the scene and started to tell him to go, they put on the biggest show like drama queens. Every time. Throwing people to the ground, foaming at the mouth, convulsing them. Like, you're an idiot. Trisha, I just know that like you, what God has promised, give me the faith to believe it. Even if it is a mustard seed, give me the faith to believe it and not sway. Right. You know, I want to be able to say to the mountain, be uprooted and go back and go into the sea. Right. And believe it. So. Not just think it's just a saying. 
sometimes a mountain of problems mm -hmm. is just that. You know? I don't know. I know that I'd be lost. Lost. Without Jesus Christ. I wouldn't even know how to live anymore. I wouldn't, and that's the truth. He's been in my life for so long. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't know how to live without him. And that's the truth. I think that I would know how to live without him, but I wouldn't want to. I just think about who I am now and who I was. Yeah. And who I was Come on. is disgraceful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was. What are you saying? <laughs> I just think, like, and I wasn't like that bad of a person, but I was just, I just, the word it always just keeps coming up is filthy. You know? And it's like, I don't want to be that person. And the only reason why I'm not that person is because of Jesus. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be on this ride till the day I die because it's King Jesus for me. And that's it. You know what I mean? Because honestly, where would we go? What would we do? Pretend. That's exactly pretend it. with the world. Just pretend. like everybody else does. But we would I know read. we would know the difference. Yeah. Deep in our heart. We would feel it, but we'd be pretending yeah. to not care. Yeah. So with that being said, I want to continue to live life knowing that <laughs> Jesus, who can just decide that he wants to heal this person of a demon and the demon has to flee because that's how powerful he Come is. On. I want to always remember that he's standing in front of me, fighting my battles. And that's the truth. And that's the thing, can we remember that? You know what I mean? Because, push back the show. you know, the words on the pages of this book, even in the Old Testament, everything foreshadowing the Savior, you know, from the beginning to Moses to Joseph, mm -hmm. it, and on and on and on and on. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that you would seal that up in our hearts to be able to dig our feet in the sand and say, I shall not be moved when the storms and the mountains of of life come because Satan wants nothing more. I mean, he covers it all though, right? In the Bible, he come literally on. covers everything that we need. And he literally said, don't worry about tomorrow, right? <laughs> because if we're only fit thinking about today, we will be able to do that. Come on. We will be able to because today is all that's worried about. If we're always thinking about what's gonna happen 
in a year, three years, five years, 10 years from now, yeah, of course we're not gonna remember that the one that just spoke a word and told a demon to flee, didn't even tell the demon to flee, didn't even tell him, just said that she's cured. That's all he said is that she's, she, you're good, she's cured. He didn't even have to say the words for him to come out. Come on. The demon just knew like, oh, well, he said she's cured, so I guess I gotta go, I gotta go find a new home. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, <I guess. laughs> bye bye now. <laughs> If we just worry about today, and not worry, if we just think about today, look at the 24 hours that we're given, not tomorrow and not what happened in the past. Right. And Jesus said it for a reason. His love for us is unbelievable. And it doesn't matter who you are, what gender you are, where you find yourself in life. Right. He doesn't Can care I just if you believe that? that you're a cat. He doesn't care about that. He still loves you. Because that that's that's what I see in this world today. And I feel is the like confusion. That. Right. There's so much confusion of who am I? And Jesus died for you though. What I'm living in, what I've done. Can you love me still? Yes, you can. And that's the thing. You know, an alcoholic, a drug addict, a prostitute, mm. a homeless person, a transgender, a homosexual, a lesbian, and the list goes on and on mm. and on, and you're, you're smack dab in the middle of, God don't want me. Oh no, oh no. Because his hands and his feet say something different. That, come on, that's deep. Because he didn't say, I just came for. Right. He said, I came for the lost. I came for the sick. And let's face it. Most people are sick inside, mm. right? Do you like this song? I love this song. She gotta shut this music off. Because it's gonna end up a worship session. <laughs> Speaking of, if you are in the Pawtucket, Attleboro, Seekonk, Rehoboth, Cumberland line, and you would like to Come to a night of exaltation, is what God called it. I had to look that word up. I was like, what in the world is that? Anyways, it's just exalting somebody in power and rank. We are going to have a night of exaltation September 15th at 6 p.m. at Bethany Village Fellowship, 516 Newport Avenue in Atterborough. And I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about that. Can you talk to me about, not just me, but everybody, about that cup? What's what's up with the cup? My King cup? King Jesus. My King Jesus. I created this. I have a new Etsy shop. Etsy? Etsy. Etsy.com. Etsy Trisha Laurie's Creations. It's, I just, you know, I started making PNGs, which is just like files like this. Mm. And then I was like, you know what? I found a print-on-demand company that I'm working with. 
So I create the file and then I upload it to like products. So like tumblers, coffee mugs, t-shirts, sweatshirts, hmm. and then you can, and it goes up on Etsy. And then when you buy it from there, it goes to the print on demand company and they send it to you. So this is one of the companies that I'm working with. And nice. it's actually really nice. It's 22 ounces. And my, my goal is just to put things on G of Jesus out there. That's it. Of Jesus. And let people rep them. That's all. I like creating them. They're fun. I would like to eventually get enough so I can make it at home. Mm. I can buy all the stuff at home to do it at home. And like tumblers at home and make my own designs. Then make my own t-shirts, tumblers. That's all just like repping Jesus. I know that's right. You know what I mean? And I love this one. King Jesus. It's just so simple. King Jesus with the... Crown of thorns. Yeah. So. Very nice. We'll just put it here if you'd like to see it. Yay! <laughs> so, would you like to close in prayer? Go ahead. Father, we, we just come to you and just say we love you. Jesus, we thank you. And Lord, I search my heart and know that when I say thank you, I mean thank you for taking on my sin and my punishment, knowing that I couldn't. Lord, I ask that you would just continue to move and have your being in the hearts and the lives of your people. Father, I pray that you would fill us with your fire, fill us with your hope, strengthen your people to be witnesses for you and your kingdom without shame, without embarrassment. Father, I pray for every son and daughter under the sound of our voices that have been hurt by the church, hurt by people that claim to be Christians and now sit in a seat that are not with you anymore. Father, I pray that you would heal their wounds and I pray that you would touch them again. I pray that you would give them hope. I pray that you would strengthen them I pray for those, Father, that used to walk with you and the world and the things of it, call them back. Father, I pray that you would do for them what they cannot do for themselves. Father, I pray that you would remind them of the sweet love that they shared with you at one time. I pray that you would guide their footsteps. I pray that their minds and their thoughts would be fixed on you. I pray that you would fill them with such love that they can't come out from underneath it. Father, it is by your love that the world knows who we are. And so, Lord, I pray that you would touch them. And for those, Father, that are walking with you, that may be in a place of tightness, may be in a place of, of sadness, and pain. Father, I pray that you would remind them 
that in Psalms 84 it says that even though we walk through the valley of weeping, it is through the valley of weeping that we fall under the strength that you give, strength after strength. And it is through our pain and our tears that you birth greatness over our lives. So Father, in Jesus' name, birth greatness in your sons and your daughters and propel them upon heights that they never thought they could ever have. For your glory, Jesus, and for your name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, that was really good. Yeah. I felt the Holy Spirit here. I don't know if you did, but... I, I always do lately. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but oh, he rocks well, my world. Until next time, we, we are, are kicking, kicking it with Jesus. Jesus. God bless you guys.